Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is your Times Daily World Briefing on Tuesday the 15th of March. I'm Sophia Franklin. And I'm Steve Forbes. Russians continue to shell Kyiv despite ongoing peace talks. They are now using, it seems, quite heavy munition into into the city and, and this will unfortunately lead to more casualties. And in America, two people are killed as a shooter targets the homeless. This was a cold-blooded attack. Times of London Daily World Briefing. We begin in the capital of Ukraine, where the quiet city was filled with the sound of large explosions this morning. Car alarms sounded as extensive damage was done. Ukraine's authorities have released more images of a separate nine-storey residential tower in the Sivyashatinsky district of Kyiv on fire after shelling. The independence defence and diplomatic editor Kim Sengupta is in the Ukrainian capital. He says it remains unclear where the explosions were, but he told Times Radio that there was no doubt it sounded powerful. They were the loudest I've heard for days here. But of course, we aren't able to go out until right now because of the curfew. The quantity of artillery rounds and missile strikes have, have lessened a bit as the fighting continues in the satellite towns around Kiev. But, you know, they are now using, it seems, quite heavy munition into, into the city. And, and this will unfortunately lead to more casualties. Ukraine has accused Russia of once again blocking humanitarian aid from reaching Mariupol. Authorities say around 300,000 people remain trapped in the besieged city, with aid agencies warning that supplies of food and water are running extremely low. Whilst a convoy of 160 cars were able to leave yesterday, the country's deputy prime minister said three other humanitarian corridors failed and accused Russia of firing on civilians. The UK's Ministry of Defence says that Russia is seeking to stage a referendum in Kherson in an attempt to formalise the area as a breakaway republic like Donetsk and Luhansk. But with the resistance we've seen from both Ukraine's military and people, is this at all possible? Andrei Kirchhoff is an author who's written for the Sunday Times of London about why Ukrainians, in his view, will never be Russians. He told Times Radio why his people are so defiant. Ukrainians are very different from Russians. They, they are not loyal to their power. They have no respect for authority. They, they never had a Tsar or royal family. So, I mean, mm. they are very individualistic and sometimes anarchist. And they, uh, they wouldn't agree to, to live uh, once more in another authoritarian system of this, the Soviet Union. 
And Soviet Union killed millions of Ukrainians for lack of desire to become Soviet people, mm. to, be, to be collectivized, etc. The Times of London's defence editor is Larissa Brown. She's told Times Radio that Russian forces may only be able to sustain their attack on Ukraine for another 10 to 14 days. We were told a few days ago by uh, also some defence sources that they believe that every day that the Ukrainians were, el- were able to hold out, it was inflicting several days of pain on the Russians because mm. if they're not prepared to, to, to be there for that long, they thought they'd be able to move into some of these places and be welcomed with open arms, with flowers is the way that one Western official described it. Yeah. And instead, they're of course going in and facing extremely uh, fierce resistance. Further talks between Ukrainian and Russian negotiators to ease the crisis were expected on Tuesday after discussions on Monday via video ended with no new progress announced. The United States, meanwhile, has warned China against providing military or financial help to Moscow after they accuse Russia of asking Beijing for support. Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi insists his country is not a party to Russia's war with Ukraine. But what does that mean for the UK and NATO's allies? Richard Shireff, NATO's former Deputy Supreme Allied Commander for Europe, has spoken to Times Radio and says that NATO will defend its territory vehemently if Russia crosses that border. And that means that all NATO's efforts must be to reinforce, man the ramparts, really, really strengthen defences in on, on NATO's eastern flank to make it absolutely clear to Putin that there can be no question of him pushing one Russian foot across NATO territory because it'll get malleted seriously. With millions of people forced to leave their homes in Ukraine, there's now a push for Western countries to help them seek refuge. In Britain, the launch of a new scheme saw tens of thousands of people offering to open their homes to Ukrainian refugees. Around 44,000 offers were received within six hours from families with spare rooms and organisations providing places under the homes for Ukraine's scheme. Refugees will be able to move in with British families from this weekend, regardless of whether they have ties to the UK, and host households will get tax-free payments of £350 per month. On the way, parts of China continue to battle rising cases of COVID and golf's PGA Tour makes its biggest payout. Times of London Daily World Briefing. In the United States, police are trying to track down a masked gunman on the loose who struck five times in nine days. In incidents that have been described as chilling, the suspected assailant has targeted homeless people as they slept in New York and in Washington, D.C. Two were killed, with one of those having his tent set on fire before he was shot and stabbed. Officers believe the incidents that have occurred across several days are linked, with details being very similar each time. Eric Adams is New York City's mayor. This was a cold-blooded attack. When you look at the premeditative action of this shooter, it sends a clear and loud message that we need the help from the public. Both forces in D.C. and New York are offering a reward to anyone who gives information that leads to the capture of the killer. Now to the southern state of Karnataka in India, where a court has upheld a ban on wearing the hijab in the classroom. 
It's a significant ruling that could set a precedent for the rest of the country, which has a big Muslim minority. The ban, introduced last month, sparked protests by some Muslim students and parents who believe it's another way of marginalising a community that accounts for 13% of India's predominantly Hindu population. Counter-protests, though, have also taken place by Hindu students and some groups. Ahead of the verdict, Karnataka authorities announced closures of schools and colleges and imposed restrictions on public gatherings in some parts of the state to prevent potential trouble. Now, whilst much of the world's attention is on Ukraine, in China, the pandemic is still raging on. Multinational companies have been forced to halt operations as coronavirus lockdowns are widened. It's the biggest introduction of measures for tens of millions of people in China since the pandemic began, as a record number of cases are recorded in some parts of the country, with the province of Jilin recording more than 5,000 cases alone. People there have been banned from moving around and permission must be granted by the police to leave the region at all. Toyota, Volkswagen and Apple supplier Foxconn are among the firms that are affected. The lockdowns have raised concerns that crucial supply chains may be disrupted. The Times Daily World Briefing. Sport. And finally, with the outcome of golf's Players' Championship, here's John Jackson. Australian golfer Cameron Smith has won the Players' Championship and with it the PGA Tour's biggest payout. He finished his final round in 66 shots to win by one shot overall on Monday at TPC Sawgrass. He banks $3.6 million, but it wasn't straightforward. The first two days of the Florida event were heavily affected by torrential storms, meaning the extra day was needed to crown a champion. Indian golfer Aniban Lahiri closed with a 69, earning him second place and a $2.1 million payout. England's Paul Casey came third. He was two shots back on the winner. The rain did return at times on Monday, but the final round was largely sunny as Smith took his fifth PGA Tour win, which sees him move up to sixth in the world rankings. And that's your Times Daily World Briefing for Tuesday the 15th of March. This podcast from The Times is brought to you in partnership with Google Podcasts.